Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Players' Championship. I'm As always, I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Tambaline, a.k.a. Toe Tag and Tambo, a.k.a. T3PO, a.k.a. the Canadian Pitbull. Tambo, how you doing this week, brother? I'm doing good, man. You you forgot the Korean trampoline, though. The Korean trampoline, that is right. That, 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 that Korean flag in your avatar looked beautiful. Last and week, I, did you see how quick I changed it out? As soon it, as the tournament cool. ended, buddy, it wasn't even one second over, and I and they barely picked the ball in a hole, and I swapped it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, I, I, I loved reading every single one of your tweets, tweets last week. It, it was, it was great. Just that beautiful Korean flag avatar. It was wonderful. We'll have to do that again here sometime soon. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> um, all right. So last week it was the Arnold Palmer Invitational uh, from Bay Hill. It was a great tournament. Um, the winner, of course. Was I just totally forgot who won now? My, I've been okay. I'll let you. I'll let you listeners know right now. I am leaving <laughs> for the Players Championship tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. It's ten o'clock p.m. Eastern time right now. We're recording this pod. I leave for the Players Championship. I'm driving. It's about a twelve hour drive, so we're leaving at eight a.m. tomorrow morning. I usually go to bed around five or six in the morning, so I have to have to start drinking like two hours ago. So uh, I, I normally have not been drinking during the pod. Uh, most of the year, maybe on occasion, because I feel like as the host, I have to at least have an idea of what I'm doing. And already I fucked up because I've been drinking because I forgot who won the tournament yesterday. <laughs> Tam, go ahead. Let's talk about this tournament from yesterday. Moly, 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 moly. That's right. That's right. 
Come on, man. Yeah, and you're driving in the morning? Jeez, you better take it I easy. Drive. I ain't driving. Okay, I'll tell you right now. We're driving from, from Virginia <laughs> to Florida. I'm, I'm driving with two black people, okay? The black guys are driving in Virginia. I'll tell you that right now. Once you get to North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, they ain't driving. So those guys are driving <laughs> first. And then I'll take over once we hit to the southern, the real southern part of our, uh, of our, of our, of our country. So, uh, that, so that's, that's what's going to happen. And I'm already drinking. This is going to be a fun show. I can already tell. But, yeah, Molinari, um, what a round by him yesterday. Shooting 64, um, coming back. Uh, taking that, you know, taking down this players from out of nowhere. I, I want to. Do you know what his odds were when the day started? Um, I don't remember. Someone mentioned it actually in Slack chat, but I think it was. Uh, I want to say like fifty to one or something. But it, he was back quite a ways. So there, there was people. You know, we were taking shots on Ricky Fowler at a hundred to one to maybe post a number when it looked like it was going to be really tough conditions, sort of thing. Whoever could get there first, uh, and then in the end, yeah, he just came out of nowhere, stormed back eight under on the day. Uh, and just took the thing away with a huge putt on 18, an yeah, absolute bomb. Yeah. And they had every angle you could possibly think of that they had it filmed from. So I love that part where it was the the side, the above, the blimp, literally every angle from the huge bomb that he dropped on 18. Uh, and that's an iconic hole for that Tiger days, all that stuff. So just a huge win for uh, Molinari this week and going to have some momentum, I think, going into this week. Overall, other than that, I think, you know, pretty great tournament. There was a lot of uh, talk. You know, what's your take here on Rory? Rory can't get the door shut now. He's, you know, they were posting stats on Twitter last night. It's like one out of his last 10 tournaments where he's been the Sunday final group that he's won. Yeah, I mean, but the thing about Rory is, I mean, the win's coming. Uh, He might not have been able to do it. And the Sundays are going to be, you know, Sundays have been, they haven't been poor. It's not like he's been shooting over par. I don't think he's had, had an over par Sunday round this year. He just hasn't gone low and he hasn't shot in the sixties very often. It's always 72, 71, something like that. And so, right. uh, you know, he, he was in, the, in that final group going in there, uh, blew it a little bit, just couldn't get it done um, uh, when it came down to it. But it there was a lot of great, play, great play by a lot of different golfers. I mean, you look at like some Kang uh, out of the blue, you look at Matt Wallace, who is one of our, one of my favorite GPP plays last week. Um, you know, and he was the top 10 bet I had for him. Uh, so that hit. So that was nice. And he looks like he's primed as well. This guy's a winner. Uh, I don't know if you saw the pictures after he went bogey bogey on 17 and 18, but like he was really like not happy about that. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, yeah you, you could tell this guy is fiery. You know what I'm saying? You could tell Matt Wallace is fiery. You know, he wants to win. I love that attitude. I think he's going to be a good PGA tour player. He's already a great European tour player with three Euro wins last year. Uh, I think he's going to transfer over to this tour here sometime soon, and uh, he's going to make a name for himself. Uh, he played extremely well. I do love him this week as well. Um, and, and it was it was it was a great tournament. It was it was a good ending. Uh, the, the golfers just couldn't really you know none of the guys couldn't post a number later in the afternoon. I didn't watch much of the event this week. I was preparing, you know, I was going out and stuff. I had to work every day just so I could make some money for this trip. Um, and then uh, on Sunday I, I had to go shopping and stuff. So I missed most of the, most of the turning. I watched some, uh, but it just looked like these guys uh, just couldn't really do what Molinari did in, in the morning. And I don't know whether that's because of the weather was the weather worse. It, it, it was it windier uh, in the afternoon. 
Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't. As, it just didn't go as bad as what everybody thought. And that's why I said it in the beginning of the morning. Everyone expected to get crazy, so we're thinking someone could post a number and it'll be all over. Molinari did post a number technically, but I'm just. It was still later in the day. It wasn't like he was, you know, 25 or 30 groups ahead. Like it wasn't at the start of the day that he posted it from. So some of the other impressive play in the afternoon, I thought. So Adam Long had himself a big day. You know, he got his win earlier in the season, and we saw him sort of lights out on the last hole right in front of Phil and Adwin punch that putt in and then, you know, put a, put a fist bump in their face. So I thought he played really well again. Uh, Keith Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell, another another really good round. Him and Crunchy Pete there, they came out strong. And I thought they were going to do some stuff, and it just didn't go their way late. Uh, and I then mean, RCB, go ahead. Go ahead. The thing about Keith Mitchell is, I don't know if you all heard, a couple weeks ago before he won, uh, he was like, I hate Poa, I love Bermuda. The dude wasn't mm-hmm. fucking lying. You know what I'm saying? He's been putting lights out the last two weeks. And there's really nothing. I mean, it is overseeded this week. Um, so it's not going to be pure Bermuda. Pure Bermuda. But, um, I, I I mean, with that putting stroke, I mean, goddamn, on Bermuda, he's got a shot, man. He's got a shot. The he's man- living up to the nickname for sure, yeah, the killer yeah. part. Because yeah. he's every time he looks over a putt, you're like, you started getting the feeling with him, which you never used to have. And, and now it's just because of that confidence, even sitting on the couch at home, you've got it. And I'm like, okay, he got this. Bang, drops it. Keeps going. He shot six under on the day. Uh, and then RCB was another guy. Didn't have a great overall score. He was only three under on the day, but looked like he was sort of getting stuff going again. And then uh, just had a stupid shot on the last where he put it in the rocks yeah. it, you know they say they say it crossed the plane or, or the red hazard line there but i don't even know if it did it just sort of they were i think it was because he was a keegan and keegan was just like fuck this i'm out of here yeah it's good bro play it and yeah. so he <laughs> used his driver put it up on there and then ended up coming out with a bogey i think it was he had a putt for par which should have been shooting for par from back the original spot i think but good good run overall good tournament molinari was lights out no way to catch him yeah, I mean, when, the thing is, when Molinari gets hot with that putter, he's really hard to beat. And that, that goes for a lot of people. But, I mean, with his ball striking and his tee to green game, if his putter catches any type of wind at all, uh, he's he's in the making for contention every time he plays. And that's the funny thing about Molinari. It's not like he's a young boy. Uh, it's just sort of caught up with him in, in his mid-30s, which is a pretty astounding feat. Um, and the big thing, of course, has been with the putting. And we've seen guys who have rejuvenated their careers, uh, you know, in, in the middle of their careers in their 30s by the putter. You look at Webb Simpson last year. You look at Lucas Glover this year. So, I mean, if if you see strides in putting from ball strikers, they become automatic rosters to me. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Molinari was one last year. Webb was one last year. And I think Glover is one this year. So, um that great tournament. Anything else? Anything else we need to talk about about uh, about the API? Uh, just Fleetwood. I think uh, you know it was sad on Saturday. He got in that group with Keegan. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it just the way it goes. I don't. I haven't seen Fleetwood do it either. He's sort of like a a new age mini Ricky where he's always sort of in the mix in these big fields and you expect him to do something. And then yeah, he he ended up still going four under on Sunday, having a great Sunday. Finished at nine under. But he had an absolutely terrible Saturday. If he had done anything like the first couple, because the first couple of days his ball striking, as it always is, was lights out. He could not make a putt, or, or he was losing strokes putting. Still, he was making putts, but not the same format of what you needed to have, like what Molinari had on Sunday. If Fleetwood had had even a ha- if he shoots the same score on Saturday as he does on Sunday, he wins the tournament. So yeah, um, I think that's uh, yeah. another guy we got to think of, and he'll be popular this week too, I'm sure. Oh, I mean, like I've been saying, you know, since he got back on the tour earlier this year, um, you know, he started coming over and playing, that he was going to win at some time soon. And I said it would probably be in Florida. 
Um, and so maybe it's going to be this week. The guy is, is primed. It's like he has like three good rounds a week. And then yeah. like he just needs to get that fourth round down and not shit the bed. Just be average. You know what I'm saying? Just be average yeah. in that in that one in that in that one round where he's been doing really shitty every week. Um, but yeah, uh, I, you know, the thing about the bets last week it was uh, I had him at 33 to one. He finished third. I had Fleetwood at 33 to one. These are all on the pod. Uh, the betting segment sponsored by BetQL. Um, I had Fleetwood at 33 to one. I had Wallace at 80 to one, and he finished what six. I had Glover at fifty to one, or 30, I don't know. I forget Glover's number, but uh, they all finished top ten, which you know really means nothing, <laughs> you know, because bet you, you, top ten, yeah. bet them top ten for now, and that's yeah. what that means. Well, I mean, I, I've been adding more bet uh, top ten bets. I had the Wallace top ten bet last week. The DFS aspect of last week was a little bit strange. So we all know Jason Day withdrew, and literally it looks like he's fine now. Uh, I if we're, we'll probably talk about him later, <laughs> but uh, I don't think there's anything to worry about. He looks fine. And uh, he withdrew. I had like 33% Jason Day. I had like almost 40% Kepka. Uh, I had Justin Rose in my cash lineup. I had Brian Gay as one of my cash game cornerstones, and he missed the cut. And there was like 40% went 6 of 6 in the $5 double up. Somehow, I still won 25 bucks. Like, I, I this is a funny game we play. Like, I don't understand how it happened. I guess having 30% Wallace was helpful. Um, and then having... And then, uh, like, the, the four of the guys in my cash lineup finished top 10. So, you know, I had, like, Fleetwood, uh, Glover, um, I think uh, RCB in my cash lineup as well. So the, the, I actually cashed with only five and six pretty easily. Uh, so it was a strange week. Like, I thought the week was over when Jason Day withdrew and I had so much of them. I ended up having 12 out of 75, six to six through. And so, you know, it's 25 Jason Day lineups you know, that were just washed out. So without the Jason Day lineups, I had 24% go six to six through. And that's including having 40% Kepka. So it's a strange game we play. I'll take it after two back-to-back losing weeks, finally getting on the winning side. But uh, it was just a weird week for me. How did you do? I got away with robbery, basically. Yeah, I, it was the same sort of thing. I had 30% Jason Day. Uh, on DraftKings, I had none on FanDuel, so that helped. Uh, certainly, F- FanDuel saved the day. Third in the big 150 on there, and then won a couple tickets into the 555 this week. So that's like a 200-man tournament I'm pretty excited about. Nice. Uh, and then the the robbery part was just between yourself and Gup posting showdown tidbits. I was just putting those together, and I, I think I, I was three out of four uh, between the three showdown rounds that I played, two, three, and four, uh, and then the weekend golf and I uh, three out of four winning slates and a couple of them were really decent. So ended up saving my week that way uh, and gets, get ready to move on to the next one. Sort of like you did. Yeah, I had a 200% return on investment in showdown last week. Um, yeah. I, I, the people want to know about my strategy for showdown. We got a lot to talk about today. So we probably won't get to it today, but at some point in the future, we'll go over uh, my different takes for showdown. It worked well last week, extremely well, actually, um, especially on uh, round two and round three. I think from now on, those are the only two rounds that I will play showdown in. I sort of struggle in round four um, because once they put the, the finishing places, um, finishing you know position scores in, and then having to judge whether this guy can really compete on a Sunday, there's, there's too many other variables uh, you know, when it comes to, 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 the, to the Sunday showdown, in my opinion. So I will only be playing round two and three uh, from now on. And there's some weeks I don't play any showdown at all. Like if I'm crushing, yeah, for- if I'm crushing GPPs and, um, and, and cash, 
uh, I, I, I usually don't put in extra money. You know what I'm saying? I have a pretty strict bank goal. Uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, I'm the same way, but I definitely, I don't like really playing round one because the tournaments are never big enough to, to get me interested. And I can just bet first round leaders with each ways in Canada here. So, I mean, even if you didn't have the each way, I'd rather just play a first a few first round leaders with my money, hope to hit one big and then, you know, hit, hit a decent number and you get up some money that way. And then round two, you have data to go off of. Same with round three. Uh, round four, like you said, we'll get to it in another pod, but I think there's certainly some strategy involved. There, I know there is, but I think it's worth chatting about sometime for us where we can go over it because things like you know Rory being in contention, you know everyone expects him to go off I did. because it's Rory. How does he not win this thing? He went off last year, but then everyone forgets a couple things. One, they forget that he gained 10 strokes putting last year or something like that, silly on Sunday to win it, which is what Molinari did this year. And two, the only time really that Rory's went – off and that didn't go down in a in a round four this year is when he was with DJ, which was very comfortable considering he was down like five strokes already. So he could just play his game and do his thing. Of course, he's going to score. Yeah. So that makes sense. There's some different strategies to it for sure, but I think that was a, a little bit of an easy spot there. So round four was good. Yeah, I still don't think I have the right strategy down for round four, and I think that's a problem that I have. I think round two and three I do pretty well just because I know what I'm looking at and what I'm looking for. Uh, round four, like I said, has so many different variables when it comes down to it. All right, yeah. so before we get into this week, the Listener League and all that, earlier uh, in the week we all heard about Alex Trebek, uh, you know, diagnosed stage four pancreatic cancer, which is just a horrible thing. I've always been a Jeopardy fan my whole entire life, and I did post something saying that Jeopardy actually – helped create the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. And I will tell this story to you right now. Like most good stories, it all starts with a guy trying to get laid. And that guy was is me. Okay, so I was I was <laughs> trying to trying to bang this chick, beautiful Cuban chick, you know, beautiful girl, um, you know, beautiful, great assets. Uh, you know that uh that that um what's it called? The uh Sir Mix a lot song, itty bitty waist, round thing in your face. Yeah, I got sprung. She was she was a dime, okay. <laughs> and the thing is, she she was a professor at a local college um, in, in the DC area, and uh, she was an English professor. Uh, she got her PhD in medieval literature, so yeah, she was smart. And oh, another thing about her tattoos everywhere like 50% of her body was covered in tattoos. So there's always like this thing in my book when it comes to women, like the more tattoos, the more freak they are in the stack, it usually comes to fruition. You know, so, so, so I was, I'm always on, on, on the lookout for tattooed girls. And so, um, beautiful, beautiful girl. And so, you know, we've gone out a couple of times and, you know, usually by the second date, if I haven't like sealed the deal or I've come close to sealing the deal, I usually just pass it up and, you know, I, they, they never hear from me again, but you know, the booty was calling me, it was calling my name. So I had to keep trying. So like most guys, um, what for the three women that listen to the show, uh, most guys, when they're trying to get laid, they will try and, you know, pick up something or enjoy something that the, that the female likes. And so she was a medieval literature PhD. She was a vegan and she loved Jeopardy. So yeah, the first two, yeah, no, I'm not doing that, but she loved Jeopardy. And so I, I, I was like, all right. So after the second date, I'm like, all right, let's see if I can get this Jeopardy thing down and start watching again. And I was once I, I turned on Jeopardy on the TV. And for some reason, I had the closed captioning on. And uh, the, the closed captioning was on. And for some reason, the closed captioning was like eight seconds before people actually said what they were saying. 
So for Jeopardy, you know, you get the eight second before you know the answer, right? And so, like, I, I was like, this has got to be a fluke. And so I watched, like, the whole first round of Jeopardy, and it does it the whole time. So I, when the second round of Jeopardy started, I gave her a call. And I was like, yo, girl, what you doing? Like, oh, I'm watching Jeopardy. I was like, oh, you are? I knew her ass was right after Jeopardy. Of course, I knew that. And um, and so she she picks up the phone. And so we watch, like, watch it together. And so we're watching it together. And, like, since I have that closed captioning and it's coming on, the answers are coming up on the screen way before the people actually say them. I literally looked like a fucking genius to her. Like, I didn't go crazy. I, I maybe got like two thirds of the double jeopardy questions right. And double jeopardy is pretty fucking hard. And I got lucky. Like, the the, 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 the 33% I skipped, like, those are the, the, the four wrong answers that guests gave that day were in the 33% that I missed. So I didn't have to deal with that. So she was like, holy shit, you're, 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 I can't believe you're so good at this, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, why don't you come over? We'll have a drink. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart. I went over, worked out, pounded it that night, sealed the deal. It was great. Now, everyone's asking right now, like, okay, how does this coincide (laughs) with the, the, the beginning of the Fantasy Golf Generous podcast. Well, I'll tell you this right now. So not only did I get laid, uh, we probably, it was probably, we were together for three and a half years. Uh, probably the most uh, loving, uh, respectable, best relationship I've ever been in my life. Uh, yeah, I fucked it up at the end. Uh, that's a long story. But anyways, so it worked out. We were together for a long time. Uh, we lived together, all that good stuff. And towards the end of our relationship, uh, we, I'd always been talking about, you know, getting into sports writing because, you know, sports is a passion of mine, how much I love golf. And she really it pushed me on that. And so um, we, we broke up and then, uh, you know, she moved down to Florida. She lives in Miami now and uh, we're still friends and we were still friends back then. It was an amicable breakup. And so uh, I start writing little things uh, for the small, it was actually a lineup seller. Yes, I started, I got my bones working for a lineup seller. Yes, don't judge me on that. And so, you know, I, I put little blurbs there. But then uh, Rick Rungood, uh, Rick Gaiman, who is the uh, the head of DFS On Demand, he put out an advertisement saying, uh, looking for a PGA DFS writer. Uh, so I, I hit him up. He was like, all right, well, I'll give you a tryout. It was a PGA championship, 2015. And um, I'll give you a tryout. You know, you write the article. If I like it, if the people on the site like it, we'll put you on. And so, um, I, you know, I'm, my writing is not great. You know, my talking is not great either, you know, but whatever. Uh, my writing is not great. So I, you know, I wrote this little piece down and I emailed the article to my ex, who was the English professor. And so she took her like ele- electronic red pen, uh, edited the fuck out of my article, um, brought it back. It was great. It was, it, it didn't sound like me, but it was great. Um, and so, uh, I, I gave that article to Rick. It, I, my picks were like fire that week. The article was extremely well written and I got the job. And that was my first real writing gig uh, in DFS. Three months later, uh, I've been writing every week. I get a DM from Zach Woods and he hits me up and he's like, I love your work on uh, DFS on demand. Do you want to start a podcast? And that was the beginning of the fantasy golf degenerates podcast. So that, that's how jeopardy, you know, it, it had a, a roundabout way 
into create helping create this show that you guys like to listen to each and every week. So, Alex Trebek, uh, I know you're not listening, uh, but hopefully uh, you can pull through, fight through this thing. We're all rooting for you. All right, so we got we got that story done. Let's move on to the listener league from last week. And like an idiot, of course, because I have been drinking all the last few hours. I don't have it up. So give me one second and I'll get it up. The winner last week was Mike Rodden. And I've seen him on here uh, before a few times. So he's definitely a longtime listener. He started his lineup with Bryson DeChambeau, uh, who had 73 points. He finished at even par. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood had 100 points. Finished in third. Uh, we got Molinari, under 20.5 points. Uh, finished in first at only 8.5% owned. Uh, I, uh, Fleetwood was 21%. Bryson was 31%. He also did have Stenson, who had a nice little comeback last week. It looks like his game is finally coming into uh, fruition after a really struggle uh, in the first few events. He was 8% owned, 72.5 points. He had RCB. 31% on 96 points and Sam Saunders. And that's, that's, that's a good thing to end with, with Arnie's grandchild in the winning lineup. That, that That's nice. 1% owned 52.5 points. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, that, that's the, the sweet part at the end there. The Sammy Saunders, Arnie's grand grandson. You got, uh, could have had a, he blew, first of all, he blew everybody out by 30 points plus. So he had no sweat really on Sunday to worry about. And if Saunders hadn't have went 74-78 over the weekend, I guess you got to take your variance with Molinari going off. But, you know, 74-78 on the way out of a 1% guy, that's just the way she goes sometimes. Overall, though, uh, solid build, right? He had the right mix. Fleetwood, Molinari, Stenson, uh, Cabello, Cabrera Bayo. These guys are all, and even Bryson, just solid ball strikers in there that, you know, you set them up and they score points. So uh, I guess the one thing with Stenson would be, to me, one of the riskier plays because we weren't sure, you know, coming in, how's he going to do? But we knew he had a little bit of history and, and was he going to get back on? It was a course that set up well for him. Uh, and in the end, he did. So congrats again to Mike Rodden. And we'll see him in the three-man this week for the players. We will see him in the three-man for the big one this week. It was a good round by Mike Rodden. So let's actually get into the players' championship this week. So, the top golfers in the world had the Ponte Vedra, Florida for the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. With a total purse of over $11 million, every golfer wants to come here and try and earn a healthy paycheck and test their skills on a difficult course. Another reason golfers like this course so much is because any type of golfer can win here. There is no specific type that consistently does well here, and that actually makes it a lot tougher for DFS purposes as well. Everyone has a chance, as you can see, with some of the past winners at TBC Sawgrass. Tim Clark, KJ Choi, Stephen Ames, Fred Funk have all won here in the past 14 years. Paul Goidos actually has two top three finishes here since 2008. In that same time span, big names like Stenson, Sergio, Mickelson, Tiger, Day, and Fowler have won here as well. Like I said, everybody has a chance. That's what makes this tournament so great and why it can be very difficult to predict for DFS purposes. Names like Day, Spieth, Rose, Rory, Mickelson have all missed the cuts at TPC Sawgrass recently. Three years ago, 16 of the top 32 ranked golfers in the field missed the cut. Two years ago, names like Spieth, JT, Rom, Finau, Bubba, Leishman, Kucher didn't play four rounds. Rose, Fowler, and Day finished 60th or worse. Last year, Rory, Molinari, Fowler, and Hideki missed a cut. There are so many dangers 
on this course, and everyone can fall victim to this at some point during the week. The tournament has moved from May to March this year, so you could see some differences on the course compared to when they played in May. The biggest differences are probably the greens, the rough, and the wind change. The greens are overseeded with poa and bent grass this time of year, which could lead them to being softer and more receptive. Phil Mickelson on his Twitter page mentioned that the rough is not as long as we've seen in May, which could, keyword could, lead to longer, more inaccurate drivers off of the golf ball having a better chance to succeed. The prevailing winds at Sawgrass differ from March to May. The biggest issue when it comes to this and the golfers um, is holes 17 and 18. With the prevailing winds now north to northeast, it will make the final two holes dramatically more difficult and way longer. If the wind blows hard, which is possible given the forecast, golfers will no longer be hitting a wedge into the 17th hole and likely will be pulling out a driver on 18 instead of a hybrid or iron. Tiger has said that he has hit six iron in the 17 before in early spring conditions. Jason Day hit two iron wedge on 18 the year he won, but says this year he might have to play driver five iron. Now, even though this tournament is tough to predict, there are some trends and stats that will stick out. And, of course, me and Tambo will definitely try and help you with that this week. Let's get to the course. TPC Sawgrass is the Pete Dye-designed par 72 course that plays around 7,200 yards with four par threes and four par fives. Three of the par fives are reachable by most, and the par five ninth can only be reached in two by the longest of hitters. There were a few changes to the course three years ago. The bunkers were redone. Another water hazard was added. The 12th hole added a new tee box to make it a drivable par four. And most importantly, many of the green complexes were redone, and the grass and the greens were switched from mini Verde Bermuda to Tiff Eagle Bermuda. I say that this is the most important change because new grass on greens usually leads to firmer conditions and a large first hop on approaches. Now, with the date change, overseeding, and the fact that the greens are now three years old, it's possible that, and almost likely that the greens will be more receptive than they have been the last couple of years. Now, off the tee, golfers will face narrow, tree-lined fairways with bunkers and water in play on almost all shots off the tee. There is a lot of water on this course, over 24 acres of water. Like most peak die designs, there are many different types of dog legs on many of the holes. This will lead to players hitting less than driver on, on the majority of the holes played. The fairways have a lot of mounds and undulation and can be very firm if the course is dry. Now, missing it in the rough on the right side of the fairway can make the golfer's approach shots even more difficult because of the stadium mounds. Now, everyone thinks that TPC Sawgrass is a stadium course because of the seating and atmosphere on the last three holes, and that's definitely true. But Pete Dye also created stadium mounds on a lot of the holes so fans can get a better view of shots and he placed them on the right side of the hole so fans can see the golfers' faces. Now, if golfers miss on their tee shots, miss right on their tee shots, they could be facing a baseball-type swing on their approaches. Since a lot of water is on the left side of the greens, it makes these baseball-type swings even more hair-raising since the ball will be sitting on a draw hook line. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see very small and possibly firm greens. We'll see about that. Bunkers surround most greens, and once again, a lot of water will be surrounding them as well. The greens themselves are multi-tiered, undulated, and tricky, which is a typical peat dye design. Since 1992, there have been more three-putts on this course than any other non-major course on tour. The course uses Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass on the greens, and they are fast with a stint meter rating of 12.5 and, and above. 
The outcome of the tournament will come down to the final three-hole stretch, which is nerve-wracking but can be played under par if golfers can get over nerves and the intimidation factor. Hole 16 is a reachable par 5 with a lot of trouble surrounding the green. Uh, Anything from a 3 to an 8 is definitely possible on that hole. Two years ago, RCB made a double eagle on 16, so anything can happen on that hole. Then golfers move to the iconic Island Green, which in reality is one of the six easiest holes on the course. But with the intimidation factor and the fact with the, the, the prevailing winds being in a different direction this time of year, it could it makes the hole play much harder, especially during the final round it, for golfers that are in contention. Finally, golfers play the 18th, which is a visual and physical test for all golfers. In other words, it's extremely hard. It's a long par four with water down the entire left side. Since 2003, this pole has played nearly 1,900 strokes over par. The tournament could definitely be won or lost on these final three holes. Tambo, what kind of golfers are you looking for this week? Yeah, it ties in with pretty much everything you were just talking about, but, you know, sort of things like smaller greens. So, one, I want good approach shots. Uh, two, I want greens of regulation. If they're missing the greens, I want to round the green because the greens are a little bit smaller than normal this week. So, you know, that's sort of the uh, the approach game and getting up there. The putting is a big factor. So I've got a little bit of strokes game putting. Uh, definitely like bogey avoidance. I think that's a huge one this week. And then threw a little bit of a, a, a secret sand save sauce in there. You know, Gup always has a secret sauce. I'm giving mine away, though. It's sand saves. Someone talked about today. I went back and looked. That one did pop for me a little bit. And I just think about guys like Ricky Fowler in just bunkered wizards that can get out of there. And he's been good here. So, you know, I like the sand saves as well a little bit for like a 5%. Uh, the sand saves actually pretty important. I like that you brought that up. I actually uh, tweeted this earlier uh, yesterday. Since 2010, seven of nine winners at Sawgrass were top 50 in scrambling and eight of nine were top 35 in sand save percentage for the year they won. Now, both of these stats rely on putting. Um, and putting comes into a factor with both of these stats. But seven of the last nine winners were top 70 in strokes game putting as well. Now, it's almost it's impossible to to um, quantify these numbers because, you know, the season's only halfway over. But if you're curious, only five golfers in the field are currently top 35 in sand save percentage, top 50 in scrambling, and top 70 in strokes game putting. It's going to be Dustin Johnson, Taylor Gooch, Andrew Putnam, Sam Ryder, and Aaron Badley. So, I mean, it's hard to judge that stat now, but those are the five guys that sort of come into that, um, that have all those factors involved. All right, so let's move on to the field this week. We're going to start off in the 10K range like we normally do. We got, I'm sorry, like I said, I've been drinking. I'm a little bit off. Everything's going to be a little bit slower today. We're going to go from uh, Brooks Kepka all the way up to Dustin Johnson, and I'll go ahead and start. My first two picks are going to be – my first pick is going to be Tiger Woods. Uh, if you watched his documentary on ESPN about his, uh, his performance last year and his comeback, the one thing that stuck out to me was Joey LaCava, which is his caddy, uh, after the Players' Championship last year said that the way this course is set up, the way this course looks, and the way Tiger plays his game, Tiger should win this event every year from now on. Uh, I know it's a caddy talking about him. But I believe him. This, the, you could take the driver out of Tiger's hand, uh, you know, a lot more accurate with his, you know, three-wood hybrids irons. Um, it's shorter course. He's been great. He's been unbelievable with his approaches. Really good wedge game. Good over 200 yards. Those are the two big factors this week when proximity comes into account. The majority of all 
approaches are 200 plus. Uh, the second biggest grouping of approaches are from 125 to 150. Tiger's great, great scrambler. Uh, bogey avoidance is going to be important. He's got that down too. He's improved every event this year. I'm in on Tiger this week. Probably will be my highest on. I am not worried about the injury at all. Rory is going to be my second favorite play here. Uh, he's just been too good, too consistent for too long. Uh, he's probably been the most consistent golfer, elite golfer uh, on the PGA Tour this year. I know he's been having Sunday struggles and stuff like that, but his game is there. It's extremely close, and you can't bet against him, especially being under $11,000. Um, I got to take Rory. Again, Tita Green, he's second in the field in his last 50 rounds here. Second in DraftKings points in his last 50 rounds here. His one bugaboo last year, and I think that's why he's playing a little bit better this year, um, outside of putting, was his wedge game. Uh, he struggled with his wedges. He missed like crazy wedge shots last year. It looked really easy. Um, but this year, uh, in the last 50 rounds, he's third in the field from 125 to 150 yards. Now, I'm definitely going to play another golfer in this range. I just not sure exactly who it's going to be. And I think a lot of it's going to be, for me, it's going to be based on ownership. Um, and so the best way I think you can gauge ownership projections is going to fanshare.sports.com. Uh, it's the best place for ownership because you can see all the data trends, uh, data trends backing up the projections in real time. Logan Harper does a really good job with his ownership projections on fanshare sports each and every week. And that's a great site that you guys should really pay attention to. We are now partnered with Fanshare Sports. They've been our partner in the past, but we're back on with them now. And so, you know, a lot of things that you can do with the Fanshare is, uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there. You can go ahead and, uh, you know, get all the info you need in one place. They, they sort of track all the info on Twitter, on podcasts and everything, and put it on their site. So it's really easy access. A uh, brand new website just launched today on FanshareSports.com, uh, you know, upgrade design, great user experience, a comprehensive research database where you can access DraftKings scoring trends based on multiple different data points, uh, you know, really good lineup generator. And this week only, you can get 30% off if you subscribe to them. Use the promo code DGEN30, and you can go ahead and get that 30% off, and it'll be nice. Go ahead and sign up for that. All right, Tampa, who do you like in this 10K range? Yeah, for me, I don't know. The, the Tiger thing, it, it is really uh, interesting this week. Uh, you know, I talked to you a little bit before the pod about it. The, the pricing's so soft, but the field's so strong. It's just like a, just like a major. So I know that's always a, a topic of discussion with the players, but uh, it's interesting for me. So I think I'm going to actually do something that I normally wouldn't, and I think I'm going to play almost all of these guys. I'll go into my favorites here in a minute. But I'm pretty sure this week, instead of going like, let's say, a JT Brooks lineup, I'm actually going to try and just use one guy in the five-figure range to make sure that I'm getting enough of the guys down below. Because uh, th there's a lot of guys, as we'll get through this, that I like down below. Um, you know, Tiger Woods is an obvious one. Like you said, I know it's his caddy saying it. It's like you or I saying that the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast is the best golf podcast in the business because it's got to be said, but it's possibly true. It is true. So if you look at that, you know, it's beyond that. His approach game has been so strong. All the stats line up. I'm not really worried about the injury. Uh, I'm kind of worried between him and Rory about the ownership. 
Uh, and like I said, I'm not really interested in playing them both together the way I'm setting up my lineups this week. So I'll probably pick between, but my, my favorites are, are here. Justin Thomas, going back to him. I don't think as many people, nearly as many people will be on him this week with all the focus on Rory. Um, so, so I do like Justin Thomas. Uh, he ranks out number one in my model, solid across the board in everything from bogey avoidance, scoring, approach, birdies are better, around the green, you name it. Uh, I'm still playing Rory Chalk or not because at the end of the day, one cool thing I saw today actually, it was one of my favorite, uh, I screenshot all the tweets that come out that I like that I get notifications of, and Justin Ray Golf had it and said he's finished sixth or better in five straight starts. The last time he did that was at the end of 2011. His sixth start in that span was a win, the Hong Kong Open. And now people are in the news talking shit about Rory, like I said, about how he can't finish. So uh, I don't know if he'll win, but at just under 11K, I'll definitely be playing him again because I think he's still going to show up. And I think he's in form big time. We know he's in form, but I mean, I think he's he's ready to pull one off here. And I'm not scared of it at 10-8, and I'm not scared of the chalk there either. So uh, Justin Thomas, Rory, my favorites with Tiger coming in as a slight third. All right, sounds good. Let's move on to this 9K arrangement. If your preferred climate is business-friendly, check out Ohio. With 0% taxes on corporate income, R&D investments, and goods sold out of state, Ohio is better for business. Because Ohio isn't built for followers. They're building for leaders. Ohioisforleaders.com. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. It's Tambo. Why don't you go ahead and keep going? Yeah, I got to start off with my boy Ricky. Uh, we I just talked about him earlier with the sand saves. Uh, that's, you know, here nor there, that's definitely a stat, like I said, that I want to bring into it. But just overall, uh, I keep saying it as a joke because everyone knows I'm a huge fanboy, but hashtag year of Ricky. Uh, you know, the win was huge for him. I, I talked about it back at the Waste Management when, you know, instead of him winning by five like everyone thought he would, he had to go through some adversity, back up and come back through. So, you know, that to me was a big factor, not just for that week, but for what's going to, how it's going to affect his future. And different guys said it, like JT said the same thing, being in the same group as him that week. And then coming back just, you know, two weeks ago at the Honda, the way he came back, I know it was a lot of the putter on Sunday, but you know, so was Molinari this Sunday. That's all you need to do. It can get you in the right spot. He was one 18 footer from Keith Mitchell, who, like I said before, you would never see and stare down and say, oh, this is going in for sure. There very easily could have been a playoff. And while Brooks would have had the advantage on 18 at the Honda, it still would have been Ricky right there in the mix. So again, I like going back to him here. 9,700 is a very fair price. That's sort of where I'm talking about going with one of the guys up top and then dipping into this range, starting with him. Um, beyond him, I'm going to skip over the next couple. I'm, I'm going to wait and see on day. He played today, said he sounds fine. I, I do like day, especially with not as many people are going to be on him. Uh, just to, as a guy that can show up and at 9,200, it seems way too cheap. I might just, uh, we'll talk about our betting strategy later, but I, he might be a guy I just bet this week, uh, and leave off my DK rosters. But my first T3PO of the week is here and it's at $9,000. I'm going to be pivoting off of the popular Sergio Garcia, and I'm going to move to Xander Schauffele. Xander's popping up everywhere for me in my model, from ball striking, approach, the putter, you know, birdies are better, sand saves, bogey avoidance, DK points, you name it, right across the board. Uh, I think he'll be less owned than Sergio. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be talking about Sergio this week, and I know it sets up well. I know the course history. The one thing 
uh, I didn't bring up earlier, and you brought up some trends and whatnot, even on Twitter, and I saw them, and I, and I thought to talk about it. But, uh, you know, different time of year definitely brings some of these different things into play. So I'm not so sure. Again, course history is always, in my mind, still important, or, or course fit, or whatever the people out there want to call it. I don't get into all that. I'm just saying I do believe that if you if, – think about me. If I go to my local course, I play way better there. I suck overall, but I play way better there than I do at some random course when I'm down in Arizona, for example. Because I know the course a little bit better, I'm comfortable with it. So I do, I do see the the take for Sergio, but it's also been a couple tournaments or two or three. You're going to go through it here in a second, I think, because I think you like him for cash. But I'm going to go with Xander as my first T3PO of the week over Sergio at nine thousand dollars. Yeah, well, that makes sense. As my first game cash, my first cash game cornerstone of the week is Sergio Garcia. Ten straight top tens worldwide, other than that DQ in Saudi. That is a crazy consistent run. He's played well here, extremely well. Uh, He's first in stroke scan approach in his last 12 rounds in this field. Um, Third in opportunities gained. Uh, 10th in three-putt avoidance. Like I said, there's a lot of three-putts here. 10th in proximity from 125 to 150. And these are in his last 12 rounds. The course history is there. I think he'll at least make the cut. I don't doubt that, but this is the players. Anything can fucking happen. But Sergio is definitely my first cash game cornerstone play. But my favorite GPP play in this range is Xander. So we're on the same page when it comes to that. I do like Xander a lot. Crushes the par fives. There's four of them. He's good around the greens. Low three putt avoid. Low three. Low amount of three putts. A good bogey avoidance. Good from longer par fours. There is five. Half of all the par fours on this course are from 450 to 500 yards. He's 12th in the field in the last 12 rounds. I do love him, and I like Jason Day as well. I'm going to be playing him. I think people are going to be off of him um, because of what happened last week and his withdrawal, and uh, and I'm going to be on him uh, this week. Uh, third and birdies are better gain last 12 rounds. Looking good. Uh, good course history. Good fit here. I'm going to go ahead with Jason Day, and uh, those are my three plays. I'm not a big fan of the guys up top. Uh, I'll probably fade them all. But the bottom three, I am a fan of. Yeah, real, real right, quick, I, I just want to go back. Like John Rom, Bryson, you know, DJ, guys that I didn't hit on. The it's a you know, there's no strokes gain mental here, but I I gotta say, I think DJ Bryson, we just saw in the altitude and that sort of thing. John Rom can get really pissed off quick. These are guys that I I'm just not off them yet for the week. It's sort of the first look here, but early in the week, it just makes me think about too much going on, too much they got to figure out. If the winds pick up as they're supposed to a little bit over the weekend, to me, I just I want to go with the guys that got a little bit more mental fortitude, and I, and I like the guys that we talked about here. So that's why I haven't talked about those guys. All right, that sounds good. A DJ, you never know with him. I might still use right. Him. He, he's a different cat, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I might still use him. We'll see about that. It's going to be t- depend on ownership. If I see that he's going to be one of the lowest guys in the 10K range, he'll probably be my dude. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the 8K range, and my all three of my. Final cash game cornerstone plays are in this range. So why don't we just get started with that? I'm going to go Tommy Fleetwood at $8,800, one of my cash game cornerstones. Game is too strong. Um, You know, really good tee to green. Showed what he can do last uh, last week. Good scrambling, good sand save percentage. So I'm a huge fan of Fleetwood. I think that he can maybe pull this one out once again. He's been crushing par fives all year. Uh, So I like Tommy Fleetwood. My third cash game cornerstone pick, Francesco Molinari. $8,600. $8,600. We all know that it was his putting that got him by last week, but that's not all 100% true. He was actually first in strokes gain off the tee as well. 
a really good tee to green game. And the thing is, we saw last year when Molly's putter gets hot, it stays hot for a little while. We saw that month, six week span in the summer where he couldn't miss a putt. And this is what last Sunday or yesterday's round looked to me like, like he found it again. And with his amount of solid tee to green play, good history here at TPC Sawgrass, and the fact that that putter is hot, and I think it keeps staying hot. Uh, I love Molinari this week. Uh, and there's always that thing where people just don't roster uh, the previous week's winner. I think that'll be a mistake with Molinari this week. My final cash game cornerstone pick, Hideki Matsuyama at $8,300. Okay, the craziest stat I think I heard last week was Hideki was last in strokes game putting. Lost 8.3 strokes putting. The second to last and the third to last guy combined didn't lose as many strokes as he did on the putter. So you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, why would you pick him? Well, here's the thing. I read Steve Bamford's article this week. If you don't follow Steve Bamford at Bamford Golf, you really sharp dude. Um, you need to read it. Two of Hideki's wins recently, uh, two of his more recent wins, and I can say in the last like two or three years, have been on courses where it's been Bermuda overseeded with Bankgrass and Poa. So, you know, you know his tee to green game is good. You know ball striking is there. It's the putter that is the issue. But the two tournaments that he's won recently, and in two tournaments he has won in the last few years, they were, I don't know which ones they were. They weren't mentioned in the article. But they were, and I trust Steve. I, he's not going to bullshit, okay? Two of his wins came on Bermuda overseeded with Rye or with Bankgrass and Poa. So if his putter gets any hot, any type of semblance of goodness, you know that he's going to have a chance. He's first in strokes gain approach in his last 50 rounds. Fourth in strokes gain tee to green, last 50 rounds in this field. Third in opportunities gained, last 50 rounds in this field. First in proximity from 200 plus in this field, uh, last 50 rounds. So I, I love Hideki this week. Uh, outside of those three, I will play a little bit of Kucha. And I'll play a little bit of Scott. Uh, those are sort of the course history guys right there. Guys who can grind it out. Uh, Adam Scott, I don't know why, but he just loves this course. I don't think he's ever missed a cut. So uh, those are guys that you want to take a peek at as well. Tampa, who do you like? A little bit of the same, a little bit different. So a uh, couple there. I, I didn't hear you talk about Spieth, but I guess we'll just leave him out of it this week. So Yeah, yeah you, hey, you know what, Tambo? Fuck you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do like another guy there, though. So Fleetwood, you nailed. Don't need to go back into him. He's a he's an obvious play this week. I think you should be on him, definitely. The hardest thing I have decided in this 8K range is how many of them is too many because there's a lot of little mini pivots there. Like, I like Molinari, like you just talked about. And lately we've seen, you know, even with Keith Mitchell, winners sort of come back out the next week strong. But I do like Cantlay. Uh, it's not a T3PO, but if I had a fourth this week, it would probably be Cantlay over Molinari. Um, he's one guy I miss. I do like Cantlay too. He always worries me a little bit. I know, you know, we talked about these sand saves. I, I do worry about him around the greens at times, but he's also, I think he was, I think he was first round leader here last year as well. If I'm not mistaken. I, I don't remember that, but I, I, you might be right because I think it was the same sort of topic that we talked about. Uh, and everyone was talking about, I should say last year, but overall, so, you know, he's an excellent ball striker. Strokes gain approach are solid. Greens and regulations are so good that I just wonder if – and his around the green is not 
terrible in the last 36, but it's not great. So, uh, but overall, yeah, he could score once he gets it going. He avoids he avoids <laughs> bogeys and doubles. So, I mean, that's the sort of guy I want. He's he's a got a killer mentality if he can get out there. So if he can get out, off to a hot start this week and then go from there, I do like him. Uh, like I said, I still like Molinari. Uh, I do like Tony Finau. Uh, so I like more than than you in this range. I like Tony Finau. Uh, I feel like people will be off him. I think he could be another pivot off Matsuyama. But again, I think you could also just put all these guys in the lineup. Um, not sure about Scott. Want to see what's going on with the putter there. You know, he switched it up on us there last time out when I thought he'd have a really good shot. And then I find out he's got a completely different putter he's testing out. So uh, I know there's more patrol on the courses this week. I think you'll be out there. Maybe you can get some insight for us. Um, but at the end of the day, the only other guy really in this range I'll have a little bit of is Matt Kuchar. Uh, and again, just too good of a year, too good of a a grinder, a guy that like bogey avoidance, greens and regulation, birdies are better, every stat around the green, just solid. Uh, I think he's good for Pete Dye, Pete Dye master too. That Pete Dye master. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. And 8,000 is a fair price. So certainly like uh, Kucher as well in there. I, I know you didn't have him in your cash game, but he's a guy that you could easily use in cash this week. Easily. All right. So I forgot to mention my, my cash game cornerstones re- recapping. Are going to be Sergio Garcia at ninety one hundred, um, Tommy Fleetwood at eighty eight hundred, Molinari at eighty six hundred, Hideki at eighty three hundred. That leaves you fifteen thousand two hundred dollars left under the cap. Plenty of room uh, to make uh, the, your final two picks. Uh, before we get into the seven K range, I do want to talk a little bit about GPP strategy uh, for this week with the field being so soft. And I want to get a little of Tambo's help here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to list six golfers that I made a lineup with. And I'm going to ask Tambo if he thinks that these golfers, if he rostered these golfers uh, earlier this year, multiple times at 8K and above. And I'm also going to ask him if he thinks based, not based on, you know, stats or course history, but based on form, long form, short form, and career trajectory, if they can finish in the top five or the top 10. So Tambo, let's get started here. Um, and of course, I, I'm unprepared and I didn't have the lineup that I got up. All right, here we go. All right, so Paul Casey, Tambo, uh, Tambo, would, have you rostered him more than three times uh, over 8K this year? First off, this is like the Alex Trebek segment carrying over, I guess. I wasn't expecting this yes. to be to be put on the spot. So who is Paul Casey? Yes, I have definitely rostered him over that. And I'll get into him here in a, in a minute once we get back to on track here. But yes, I have. Do you think that he can get a top five or top 10 based on career long form and recent. 100%. Yes, I do. All right. All right. Uh, Kevin Kisner, have you rostered him more at over $8,000 multiple times this year? Wrong guy to ask on Kisner. I don't roster him ever really, but I, he's definitely been, he's been good lately, but I rostered him in showdown last week. So uh, yeah, I think, I think he could go in there as well for sure. Okay. And do you think based on career trajectory, he has second place here in the past. You think he can top 10? I do. Yes. Okay. Mark Leishman, have you rostered him multiple times over 8K this season? Lo- love Leishman. Not not at the yes. super high and prices, but I've rostered him at the 8K range for sure. Yes. And do you think he can top 10? I do. Okay. Phil Mickelson, have you rostered him over three times, multiple times? Yeah, that's that's an easy one for sure. Yeah. And you th- you think he can top 10? Yes. Yes. Stenson, uh, he hasn't played that much, but let's say from last year and this year, have you rostered him multiple times over 8K? Yes. And you think he can top 10? I do. Okay, Gary Woodland, have you rostered him multiple times over 8K? Love Woodland over any price right now. And do you think do you think that he can top 10? I think he can win. 
Okay, so those six guys that I just listed, Casey, Kisner, Leishman, Mickelson, Stenson, Woodland, if you roster these guys in DraftKings this week, you're leaving $4,300 under the cap. And I think with this soft pricing that, okay, another thing that I'll talk about is last year during the majors, every major uh, tournament had over in the big $5 to $10, the big, the big, the big uh, multi-mass entry tournament GPP that they got, there were over 30% duplicated lineups. Um, there was, and I think the masters had 44% duplicated lineups. This pricing we're seeing for the players is soft pricing like we see at the majors. So there's going to be a lot of duped lineups. Uh, I think what a good strategy to make is to not worry about the cap going way under the cap. Now, I'm not saying like go out there and do like stupid shit. But, you know, if I have this written down here specifically for this. All right. So if it fits in the parameters of the golfers that you're targeting, I would not be scared to leave thousands under the cap. Because we've seen crazy shit happen here at this event. Last year, the optimal lineup at the Players' Championship was $43,000 in salary. $7,000 under the cap. This type of event where everybody can get as a chance, where there's so many people that think that they can win and can win, and it doesn't matter what style of golf they play, you get a lot of craziness and you get a lot of wild shit happening. It happens every year uh, at this event. You know, the top dogs fall off and you get a bunch of the guys in the medium price ranges finishing top 10. I would not be scared to leave a ton under the cap. And, I, and like I said, don't go crazy. Don't do stupid shit. But if they're golfers that you are targeting and they fit in the parameters that you're looking for, don't be scared to leave a shit ton under the cap. What do you think about that? for this week, Tampa. Yeah, I think for sure. Like you said, the, the the chalk is typically in the higher end price range. You know, the chalk is spread throughout, but it, it, just at the top, there's always guys in the 9K range that are chalk, and they miss at a high rate here. If you look back, just use a couple of weeks ago at the Honda Classic, if this plays anything, you know, minus 12 type scoring, the scoring's been all over here in years past, but if it plays somewhere around that minus 12 range, that leaderboard, just quick, bang out the top 10. Mitchell, okay, cheap. Fowler, Kepka were the expensive ones, but then it was Glover, Palmer, Singh, K.H. Lee, Clark, Kokrak, Garcia, okay, Furyk, Armour, Bergegaard, English, Collie. Like, the optimal there would have probably been the same, like 43000 bucks. So this field is, again, no one will do it because it's crazy, because it's just leaving so much, but it's it's how crazy do you want to be uh, with your lineups, right? If you're If you're in that $10 and you've only got one lineup and you're just taking a shot for the 250K, why not do it where you, A, know you're not going to be splitting it, and B, still have a lineup that's stacked that you really like, and then all you got to do is hope that the top of the board fades, which happens every week in golf. Keith Mitchell, Adam Long, name some of these guys. You know what I mean? Like there, There's lots of times that that can happen. Uh, so it's nothing wrong with it. Uh, again, like I said, it all depends on how you build your lineups. In something like a 21-20 buy-in this week, I'm not doing that. In a $10, I might do it with 20 lineups or the a good spot to blow 60 bucks would be the $3.20 max on DK and just throw them all in with like a 43000 to 45000 range with your favorite, you know, 25 golfers and just let it mix them up as many as it can make to get to 20 lineups. I mean, I probably won't go underneath like 45000 
or, or you know, I probably stay up in that. But the thing is, like, what I what I'm going to do is I'm going to put like twenty to thirty percent of my lineups under a thousand dollars, you know, under a thousand dollars of the cap, and that's what I'm going to do. Like, if you're playing one lineup, it's really hard to do that. I probably wouldn't do that if you're just throwing a single bullet. But if you're doing like five, I throw one in there. You know, yeah, I was 10, say, throw, I'm saying yeah. with the ten dollar, the ten dollar, which everyone hates the payout structure, myself included. It's absolutely horrendous, but they're not going to change it. But it's two hundred and fifty k up top. I mean, when you're throwing a lineup in there, it's already like burning money. You're throwing a dart to try and win a quarter million dollars. Why, you know, don't put your best cash lineup. I don't use Kenny's cash game cornerstones and then exactly. two other super chalky guys and think you're taking exactly. out a quarter million dollars. You're better yeah, off. That, that's like throwing money in the garbage. You might get a cash. I think back to the po- my days playing online poker. Are you playing to cash? Once you get into the money, you, you, you tighten up right near the money, and then you end up min-cashing it? Or do you get aggressive around that time when everyone else is tightening up and play to win the tournament? It's the exact same thing in Daily Fantasy. I, I agree 100%. All right, so let's move on to the 7K range. Tampa, why don't you go ahead? So that's a good transition. Um, Seventy nine hundred, right at the top. Kenny, I think uh, we just talked about him. Paul Casey. Uh, Paul Casey is going to be actually part of my second T three PO of the week. Uh, who do who do you think is going to be more popular between Casey and Stenson? Probably Kay, probably Stenson, due to what he did last week. Yeah. See, even with the hesitation there, it makes me think. I'm I'm really not sure yet who it's going to be. Um, but what I do think is the recency bias factor. I think we're going to see that Stenson actually comes in either way. What I'll say is this, even if Stenson's 2% less owned than Casey, I'm still happy to have way more Casey in this spot, make it a pivot because I think Stenson's a lot of recency bias here. Uh, what I do is Wednesday night or first thing Wednesday morning around 1am, I write my article over at Gup's corner, Tambo's tea time. Uh, I use fansharesports.com for that, and I go through the tags, and that's when I'll really find out. It's a little bit early right now to get that answer. Um, fansharesports.com, as Kenny mentioned earlier, we do have a promo code going this week only. You can get 30% off using promo code DGEN30. I should note it is case-sensitive, so it's capitals D-E-G-E-N-3-0. Uh, head on over there, check it out. But, yeah, with Casey, too good, too strong all the time, top 10 often, uh, he ranks really high up my model. I know he'll probably get a little bit of buzz as the week goes on, um, but I think I can utilize that and still differentiate. And like I said, even if Stenson's going to be similar, I think that's just wrong. I think Casey should be a lot higher owned, so I'm happy with the pivot there. From there, there's not a lot of guys I like underneath. Um, there's some tournament guys like Cam Smith, Louis O. You can sprinkle those guys. I got to have my boy Poulter in there. He's been playing really good lately, so I'm going to go back to him at 7,600. Uh, but the guy I really like at 7,600 is Mark Leishman. Uh, he's always, you know, someone that I'm on. I hate when he's at 9,500. I don't like playing him when he's up in the 9K range. But at 7,600, I can easily bite that bullet. I just need a made cut out of him and then move it from there. I want more out of him. I shouldn't say I just need a made cut. But I'm saying 6 out of 6 is, I think, last year here was one of the lowest of the year. Something like five, four, four, 5%. 6 out of 6 here last probably year. Probably lower than that, probably. It might even have been three, to be honest. It was so low. I remember it being like nothing. So if I can use these chalk guys, so be it. I'll differentiate in a couple other spots because the next guy I like is also really chalky. But you talked about him a minute ago, and we've been talking about him all year on this pod. And you said, hey, do you think he can win? Do you think he can top 10? I I said, I think he can win. That's Gary Woodland. And with Gary Woodland, I I know he's going to be popping for everyone, but I think it's just an extremely wrong price for what we've seen out of him this year. Um, ball striking, approach, birdies are better, greens and regulation, DK scoring, all of these things. 
uh, and he's been a bit more of a grinder uh, this year than ever before. So I think I think he's a strong play at seventy five hundred dollars. Uh, someone you could even round out a lineup with if you're doing something a little bit more balanced. If, imagine Gary Woodland is your sixth owned golfer. You know what I mean? That's a, a pretty good run to have there. And I think last year Webb Simpson was priced at seventy three hundred and won the tournament. So I mean, you're right, getting into that range here now. Uh, Gary Woodland for sure. Going down from there, going back to the well on RCB. Uh, definitely like him. He pops everywhere for me again. He made a, a stupid mistake on 18 there last week, got away with it a little bit, but he actually could have made an even better run, an even stronger run, and finished higher than he did. Um, so I'll go back to him here. He's fine. Not sure yet what I'm going to do with the rest of this range. The one guy I do like, uh, it sounds silly, but I'll probably go back and play a little bit more Keegan Bradley. Um, you know, he, he definitely pulled a Keegan last week. However, you want to look at it the whole weekend, but man, even on Sunday, he still had like three, four footers that he missed and he made one of them. Like he's still putting it right in there. And if he can do that here, I know you're going to have to sweat it hard when he gets to 17 and, and those holes and whatnot. But at 7,400, again, a ball striker like that, I don't mind having him in my lineup and he can still put up points. So I, I like Keegan Bradley. Lower range, again, not too high on too many people. Pat Perez withdrew, if those that don't know. Uh, the only other guy that I really like here a lot is Lucas Glover. Uh, again, same thing. I think like you said it last time out, I was a sort of a, a negative Nancy on that. I went with Kokrak over him. Like you said with uh, with Danny Willett last week, it's the, the name of the game. we got to change gears each, each and every week. And with Glover, he may have just really – he may be the guy that just found his putter this year and is moving on with it because he's solid across the board. He's number one in my last 36 rounds for bogey avoidance, and he's in the top 30 in putting. So uh, he's got other stats to go with. He's 10 overall, but at 7,100, I like him there. Uh, what do you got in this range, Kenny? I, I do love Glover. The thing, would you, when you th- look at Glover, what he reminds me of is Webb last year, mm-hmm. a former major winner who went through a slide, hasn't won in a while, you know, had problems with the anchoring band, got better at putting, and then got that win. And that's basically what Glover is doing now. Uh, the putting does not seem like a fluke. It seems like the real deal because this happened like six, seven weeks events in a row. Um, so, the, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm in on Glover. Huge fan of him this week. Uh, I'll probably make a bet on him as well. We'll talk about that later. I do love Casey just like you uh, up top. I like Cam Smith a lot. This week, because if you take the driver out of his hand, uh, I think everything else about his game would work here. Fan of Ian Poulter, fan of Leishman, fan of Woodland. This zone, this 7K range, like I said, with that lineup that I made earlier and I talked about, there's a lot of great plays in the 7K range. And you can you can literally make a lineup like I just did with all 7K players. And you'll look at it and you're like, this doesn't look half bad. So there's a lot of guys. I love RCB. Just like you. I like Charles Howell III. There's one guy you didn't come up with. The thing about Chucky Three Sticks is he's having quietly probably his best season in a long time. Uh, I think he has eight top 20s and 11 events this year. Uh, really consistent golf. Avoids bogeys. A short game has been decent. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. And his putter has been strong uh, this year once again. And it doesn't look like that's a fluke either. So I like Charles Howell III. Here at this price, another guy I like down below, Jim Furyk, another plotter, uh, another grinder who I think when a low-scoring, 
uh, where it's not 20 under, where it's like 15 under, 12 under, 10 under. These are the events that he can really uh, do his thing at, grind out the pars, make the birdies when he can. So I like Jim Furyk. And then uh, uh, lastly, I like Kevin Kisner. Uh, if you look at Kevin Kisner last week, or yes, this past week, he probably had his best uh, approach game uh, in a long time. The reason he didn't finish higher up was because he probably he putted poorly. And that's not Kisner. Kisner's always known as a good putter. If he can continue with that strong ball striking game he had last week and get better like he normally does with his putter, uh, he has a chance to win. So I do like Kevin Kisner in this bottom range. Uh, all right, 6K range. Tambo, go ahead. Yeah, hopping over a few here, and I'll go right into my third T3PO, and it's going to sound really bad, Kenny, So, um, but it's a Korean special just for you. And and right. I was going to say, this one will sound bad, is but they both look the same to me, Byung-Hun An and Sung Im. Not physically, I'm talking about golfing, okay? So as far as stats go, they actually are 21 and 22 in my model. They're almost identical in ball striking, almost identical in approach, Byung-Hun An gets them a little bit around the green. They're both shitty putters. They're decent with birdies, though. They, they put enough in. They're right around the same there. Byung-Hun An gets them in sand saves, gets them in greens and regulation, and is very similar in uh, DK points. So I'm not sure who's going to come in higher owned there. Who do you think between An and M comes in higher owned? M. I think so too, and that that was my pivot. So my last and final T3PO of the week officially is Byung-Hun An over Sung-J-M. To round them out, so the three I've got are Xander over Sergio, I've got Paul Casey over Stenson, and I've got Byung-Hun An over Im. And I will say this is the most confident I've felt. Again, I don't know how these ownerships will shake out in the end, but this is the most confident i felt in my T3POs all season on the pod. So I do like those three quite a bit. Uh, could even see putting all three of them in the same lineup together and not being afraid of that. So um, other than that, in this range, I'll go down. Uh, Jason Kokrak, sticking with them. No clue why they keep pricing him like this. It just seems silly to me. Uh, popping everywhere. He's a ball striker. His approach, his birdies are better. His greens and reg, his bogey avoidance, DK points. You name it, 6,700 makes no sense at all to me. Uh, I will go back to Ryan Palmer. I'm um, talking about a Honda Classic special. The guy tamed the bear trap that week. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought he looked fine. I like him. I never liked Chez, uh, you know, but I, I, Chez is right there with him. If I missed for 100 bucks more, I do like him. And then going down a little ways, Harold Varner, I don't I think anyone will go back to him, but I'm a truther. Uh, I believe he played well here last year, if, I, if I'm right on that as well, or he played okay, made the cut. Um, so I'll, I'll go back to him. And then the only guys down below, really, it's just the chalk pick of the week is with Sung Kang. I'm not sure why he's $6,000. Uh, that seems crazy after last week, but, uh, I'll, I'll play him in some lineups for sure. And, oh, and one more last one. Well, you can talk about Kang in a minute. I want to hear your take, but Johnny Vegas shouldn't really be popping for anyone. I don't think he will be, but I was reminded, uh, I want to say at the Honda when I saw it happen. And it was another one where, yeah, Honda. So he's, he's coming off a 23rd at the Arnold Palmer, a 16th in Honda, at Honda, still on this Florida swing. Honda was one that reminded me of something um, that was talked about last season or later on in the season. They talked about Johnny Vegas getting like a, a life coach or a mindset coach. Yeah, I talked about so that he, earlier. Yeah, yeah, I talked about that. I forget his name. Okay, yeah. yeah. I forget who it was. But yeah, anyway, so it reminded me of it. And at Honda, as an example, where it's such a tough 
uh, event. And this is another tough test, the you know diabolical course. It's the one where you know you got to have that mindset. I talked about you know joked about strokes game mental earlier, and he's done something with that. And with these last two finishes, uh, they are too bad. So for him, at sixty one hundred. He's another guy down there that I like that won't pop in your models, I don't think. But just on a couple recent form and on the fact of the players being a bigger field, right, a big name event, he wants to get to that level. He wants to get where he can start doing something. And, you know, U.S. Open last year, 41st, PGA Championship, 59th. These aren't, you know, players last year, 41st. These aren't, uh, you know, record-setting scores. But if you're $6,100 guy, is obviously hopefully rounding at your lineup. I wouldn't suggest putting him and Kang together. But if you got him in there instead of Kang, that could be another little pivot at the bottom. And I like him for 6,100 as well. I do love Vegas this week. His short game has been really strong lately as well. Uh, And that could be useful this week uh, at Sawgrass. There are a lot of really good plays in this range. I mean, you really – there's more than – this field is so strong. I like Sung J.M. a lot. Uh, I think the one thing that he's been missing is his, been his putter, and that's what he was really strong with last year. I think a win can come for him. And the thing about the Koreans here, um, Koreans have done pretty damn well at this event. Two wins this decade. Uh, you look back, or in the last 10 years, two wins. I think like six of the last, six of the nine tournaments uh, this decade, there's been a Korean in the top 10 or top 15 so I'm going to be playing M. I'm going to be playing Kang. I'm going to be playing Benny on. So I'm going to be playing a lot of these Koreans this week. Uh, I do like Matt Wallace. Again, another guy who's underpriced. I think I said earlier that he has a chance to become a really good player. He's a proven winner. Uh, I think that's another guy. His iron game has been pretty damn good here uh, recently. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Matt Wallace. Um, other guys I do like. I like Kokrak just like you. Uh, I also do like... Um, Varner, I like Sam Ryder uh, a little bit. Really had a nice little bounce back after a poor first round to make the cut last week. Uh, he's one of those guys that fits in that criteria I talked about that's top 35 in sand save percentage, top 50 in, in scrambling, and top 70 in strokes game putting. Uh, another guy I do like here, uh, Chris Kirk, had a really good round. The thing about Kirk is his iron game is so, so strong, but and his putter is like literally the worst putter in the world. So, you know, if there's any semblance of a good putting week or an average putting week, Chris Kirk can be really, really uh, sneaky uh, this week. Other guys I do like, I like Vaughn Taylor. Uh, you know, he missed a cup by one last week, but he really made a strong comeback, birdie in the last two to try and make the cut. Uh, shockingly, you know, this is the type of course where it's not too long. It's the, the scores aren't too high, where I think like in the Jim Furyk type mold, the crazy thing is he's actually first in opportunities gained in the last 50 rounds in this field and in the last 12 rounds in this field. He's 13th in birdies or better gained in the last 12 rounds in this field. Vaughn Taylor is 13th in birdies or better gained in the last 12 rounds in this field. Avoids three putts, good with his wedges, has been putting really good. Uh, I think he can be sneaky this week. I do like Vaughn Taylor. Of course, like you said, Sung Kang. I'll be on him as well. Vegas, I do like also. All right. So have we missed anybody? No, I had Von Taylor, so I forgot that one. And I did skip a lot. I just say, I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest things I've noticed in the last year or two playing PGA DFS, especially with majors or, you know, events like this that are considered a major as far as DraftKings pricing goes, where you see, you know, that giant list. 
you really do have to separate the crap. Like, and what I mean by that is if you look at the bottom, you just mentioned it, there are a bunch of names. We don't know if they're really good plays, but we know a lot of these names down there, right? We see them often. They're normally more. But so are the guys at 7,000 that you talked about. All those 7K guys, the whole point of, you know, your your Alex Trebek session was awesome, is, is that those guys normally, we pay more for them. And that's what I think happens this week in this low 6K range. You see a lot of names that you're like, oh, that guy won't be owned. I should play him because no one will be on him. What if he goes off? He's 6,200 for a reason, right? He's 6,500 for a reason. Uh, the, uh, there's better guys. Don't be scared of the guys just because they're going to be owned. If you don't, I always say it, if you don't have a real reason to fade a guy, then don't just fade him because he's going to be high owned. You can differentiate with a different lineup spot if you love Gary Woodland at $7,500. You don't just have to fade him because he's going to be high owned. So I will stress that and just say pick your favorite plays, put them together in a unique unique way, leave money on the table like Kenny said, and you can still play just the guys you want to play and not have to get too silly with all the quote-unquote you know big names at the bottom. Not big names, but popular names. Sounds good, my friend. All right, so Mr. Tambaline Man, sing a song for me about the betting segment. Let's do this. Sure. Betting segment is sponsored by betql.co. As always, same guys that brought you RotoQL. Going to hop into our bets here in a minute. Just want to let you know to download the app. You can get it on Google Play or the uh, iTunes App Store. Go on there. Three main things they're looking at is going to be value bets. Once you have the app, so you can start using their algorithms to provide you with top value bets of the day. Uh, you can check out all the line movement on the site so you can see how the lines move throughout the day on the app and basically make your decisions based off of that. Uh, and then lastly, the public betting betting trends so you can see who the public is on, what way they're swinging the money, and if you want to go on them or against them, or you can at least see kind of like what we're looking here with ownership projections is who who is everybody on for the day as far as bets are concerned. Uh, with that said, Kenny, I got a small card this week, just three bets going in. Um, and it's guys that I, like, I didn't even like them for DFS. So I'm kind of going with that strategy. I mentioned it earlier with day, but before that I got to bet tiger. I got a couple tiger hedges here. We'll get into in a second tiger at 28 to one. So I got tiger on my card. I think a lot of people do. I got Jason day at 40 to one. Uh, the guy tore it up last week at Disney. So he should be <laughs> able to rip it up here this week at the players championship. And then I also like Patrick Reed, just for the odds, 66 to 1 seemed pretty good to me. Uh, so I'll take those three. Uh, and we're going to talk one and done, but because of the time factor, I'm just going to push it in there right now. My one and done is also going to be Tiger Woods this week. 2.2 mil up top and change. I like him, like you said. I'm not sure at that price tag in DFS, but I definitely think he can win. So I might just hedge it that way, but I'll probably still use him a little bit in, in tournaments. All right, so my card is large. Uh, I'm doing that just because – you never know what's going to happen in this event. And so betting long shots, probably not the worst idea this week. But up top, I'm betting Tiger like everyone else. I only got 22 to 1 on Bovada, but I'm still taking Tiger. I'm also taking Molinari at 22 to 1 as well, and Xander Shoffley at 25 to 1. Those are my three top-tier bets. Uh, in the middle, I like Glover at 66 to 1 and Matt Wallace at 90 to 1. Uh, I like both of those guys a lot. I think both have winning potential. I think Glover especially. Uh, I would not be surprised if Glover takes this down this week. And then I got my long shots. Uh, top 10s on all three of these long shot bets as well. Uh, I'm going Sung J.M. at 100 to 1. Sung Kang at 150 to 1. And one guy I did miss in the 6K range that I do like a lot uh, is going to be Chesson Hadley 
Uh, I got him at 200 to one. Uh, one thing I did look about, about Chesson was uh, he gained like something like eight strokes, nine strokes with his approaches this past week. Uh, the last two times he gained six strokes or more with his approaches, he finished fifth and fourth the following week. So I do like Hadley and top tens on all of those. So Hadley, 12 to one top 10, M eight to one top 10, Kang 14 to one top 10. So those are going to be my best. And I'm with you, Tiger, as my one and done. Oh, wow. Same one and done. All right. So did we miss anything? I don't think so. I think we told everything. All right. So tell them where they can find you, Tambo. Yeah. Gupscorner.com, guys. Uh, Head on over. Still have the promotion uh, for the chance to win a trip to Blue Jack National when you sign up for the premium service. Slack chat's up to over 550, I believe, now. Uh, Just talking golf. I can't even keep up with it. It's so much. So. Uh, check it out. Head over there, gupscorner.com, and then find me on Twitter. If you don't follow me already, follow me there, at Toetag and Tambo. All right, you can find me on powerhourpod.com. My article's there every week. You can find me at KendoVT on Twitter. I put out some gems on there. Um, also, remember to check out fansharesports.com. Use promo code DGEN30, all caps, uh, to get 30% off a subscription uh, for this week only for Fantasy Golf Degenerates listeners. Also remember to leave a like, a five-star rating, and a review. If you enjoy the pod, it really, really does help us out. All right, guys, so that's going to be it for this week. I will be at the players uh, live tweeting uh, practice round on Wednesday. I'll be there every day, so if you have any questions, or if you're going to be at the tournament, feel free to hit me up. We'll get a beer or something. Good luck this week, DGen Nation. Let us win some money. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.